0: What is happening, guys? Oh, my goodness. What a game tonight by the 49ers. Once again, showing they are legit. This is against a solid team, team too, the Browns. The Browns are not a team to laugh at. I know Baker Mayfield's had his issues. Uh, Brian, I loved Brian's comment tonight in our group text about Matt's (laughs) love in the Baker Mayfield contracts. Let me touch on that, too. That's pretty funny. Um, So, Baker Mayfield, he's had two pretty solid games. And then some garbage games, and then you got to stop and think. Now, if you're Matt, you're going what 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 do I do? Being it does not mean that your team. It, the, the difference is, it does not mean like if you look at the real league. If you have salary cap and you invest money in that guy, that prevents you from signing other guys to money, and you can't bring guys in. So if, if Matt was running a real franchise right now, he would have a huge chunk of his investment and his room. Uh, into one guy who's not performing up to what expectations were, so that would that would hurt, and that's usually what used to happen. They fixed it now with the draft. When remember, it used to be back in the day, they would get like thirty million, twenty five million signing bonus, and would be such a huge percent of the contract signing guys. Like, but when you get garbage like Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell, where it would set franchises back several years, and then they'd, it's almost like they're scared now. Now you're forced to play these guys even though they weren't performing well. You're like, we got to play this guy. We got all this money invested in him. And then you can't just turn around like the Cardinals and draft another quarterback, how they draft Rosen, then the next year to draft Kyler Murray. It was so much harder. I'm so glad. I remember thinking back then, look, I know you went through high school and was an elite athlete, one of the top of the line. You went through college, should have took advantage of the education. Some don't take advantage of the education. They take crappy classes and skip whatever but they got to go to college. They got to be the best there was in college, and now it's payday, right? That's the old system. All right, you put in the work, now it's payday. But I never liked that. You put in the work in different leagues, and now it's payday, and then they come in and they get, like Jamarcus Russell. He's the one that pops up the the most to me where he just kind of let himself go. He didn't come in shape. He got his payday. What's the incentive? Now, you have guys like Peyton Manning. The incentive is... I want to continue to succeed. I push myself and I want to push myself even further. That's what the Hall of Fame is. And so you still have those kind of guys and their incentive was not just money or whatever it was. It's they wanted to be the best at that position while you had guys like Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf openly, you know, the only difference, Ryan Leaf wasn't drafted by the Colts if you know the backstory on that is. They interviewed both, you know, Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. And the Colts actually were leaning towards uh, Ryan Leaf based on his physical abilities, the leadership that they sh- thought that he demonstrated. And in the interview, they said, Hey, what would we, do? if we made you first pick, what's the first thing you're going to do? And he wanted to go get a bunch of his buddies and go party in Vegas. Peyton Manning said, The first thing I would do is uh, give me the playbook. And that was it. He said, give me the playbook so I can start setting the plays, getting ready for next season. And the Colts are like, all right, this is our guy. And wisely, wisely so. I liked Manning more just because I always liked him from college early on, just because of his bloodlines. And he never really could win the big game in Tennessee. I'm going to go way off. I don't want to get off on, on the subject. And now I forgot the subject. Oh, no, the point was that it all comes back to like Matt, like those kind of – in our league, it does not – having contracts on a guy like that does not damage you if Matt wanted to you know when you put five seasons on a guy or four like if I had Barkley and Barkley uh, got hurt missed the rest this year obviously I would keep him if he struggled bad this year like Gurley did his second year because Jeff Fisher was terrible you keep him you know especially with a running back it's a little different than a quarterback there's a lack of good running backs so you're gonna keep him Um, but if you get to the point Matt you know year two or three and you're just like, man, I'm done. He can cut him. It's not – it does not change that you can still make a team. The contracts were not based to make your team great. It was to allow you to keep a great team together or to keep my situation, players that I really like for longer seasons, something like that where you feel like, hey, you know, I got them two years. I got them four years, whatever, and you enjoy watching their, them play. You enjoy watching the games even if they're not the best at that position as opposed to um, that the the, the contracts, they, they they make no difference. If you put contracts on the wrong guys, then you drafted the wrong guys or you kept the wrong guys, that still doesn't change anything. The following season, if you don't like them, cut them. Just have de- dead contract w- Wait, and now you can build another great team the next year. And I know some people will say, well, uh, we can't. Some of the best players are under contract. Yeah, but I think – by ha- seeing examples like Baker Mayfield, you might see situations where people back off longer deals unless you are, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who I only kept two years. I, t- I mentioned why before to maybe some people. I think with all the mileage he has already, he could be great for the next four years, but I'm not going to put a four-year contract on him at the at this time. I wouldn't have because I just felt, you know, eventually the the, the tires fall off and I didn't know. What I just think it's wiser to put a couple years on a guy, unless it is. I think a wide receiver you could put three or four years on. I think if it's a if Zeke was just drafted last year, I, I would have considered putting four years on it. You know, a young guy like that. But if he's been in the league three or four years, I don't. That that's just different. Everyone will play different strategies. But I think by seeing Baker Mayfield, you're going to see less guys kept longer you know the point is not to get a guy and keep him his whole career it's to if you had a successful team or you had a team and you let's say uh Dino Dan you know um is in first place he's 6 and 0 and and uh what is his uh, Marlon Mack is is play, which is playing great by the way, Marlon Mack is looking really good, looking like a top 12, top 15 running back. And the Colts are running him to the ground, which is great. But let's say Marlon Mack is is almost like Lev Bell uh, a couple years ago. And Dino Dan's like, man, I'm 6-0 and or I'm 6-1. and I'm looking good. And then Mack gets a season-ending injury. That sucks. In the past, we've had that happen. You know, I drafted David Johnson first overall that year. And he gets hurt opening week. And he was supposed to come back eight weeks later, never came back. So it's almost like you're like, dang, dude. You know, could you imagine if I, at that time, I had also had Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley, and I could have had David Johnson. That could have been a dream season. It was Kamara's rookie year. I picked him up uh, right before the season started off waiver wire, but they had Adrian Peterson and they had Mark Ingram. And I, I was like, you know what? He'll be a good flex. I was he, hearing nothing but good things about Kamara that they were going to use him uh, in the passing game. And then I traded him. I traded him only with the fact because I needed another running back who was not going to have to split three carries. Or split it three ways. And then, of course, Peterson gets traded a few weeks later, which really ticked me off. But if David Johnson doesn't get hurt, I don't make that trade. And so sometimes trades uh, affect how your season outcome go. But anyways, back to the point. You know, Dino Dan, he could be looking at like, man, this season now, even if I make the playoffs, it's going to always feel like if I don't win the title, what could have happened? Well, now he has contract space. Now he can slap one year or two years on Mac. Uh, and you could keep the core together. Brian did that. Remember, Brian was the best team in our league last year, and then his his team just fell apart in the playoffs. Nothing he can do. Christian was a top team, and he kept his core. Both those guys kept their core together. The only difference is Brian's core has been together, and he's 3-2, and, and and even in two of his losses he's still scoring 140 160 180 you know he's still putting up incredible points so it's it's not it's because the offense is at all-time high it seems like in our league this year it's even higher than last year I'll cover more on that on the next podcast when I go in the I'm not gonna go in too many of the game reviews we'll talk a little about tonight's game we'll t- we'll cover who won and lost which we all know we could scroll through it but just a couple of the games that had a potential chances to be swung tonight either way even though it didn't seem like it was very likely to happen neither of them did um but yeah you know so that's that's what the contracts are for basically so you can keep a good team together and if not you just draft there's there's plenty of talent i mean look at all the talent that's been drafted uh in the draft this season uh, I covered it. I covered it yesterday with the MVP races. Um, some of those guys were kept. Some of them were drafted, like Waller, um, Bush from the Steelers. Uh, there's a lot of, there's always, there'll always be a lot of rookies coming up who will play big impacts. Um, Kenny Galladay, who else was drafted? Uh, there was a lot of guys, uh, Brandon Cooks. I mean, there's a lot of guys, Cooper Cup. Those are all guys that were drafted, and Cooper Cup's one of the top receivers. Galladay's one of the top receivers. So you, it, it just means that if you you get stuck in a bad deal, keep the guy if you want, or cut him, trade him, eat the contracts, as we mentioned once with a, a scenario Eric was talking about doing, and then you just... Uh, draft next season and we know there's going to be a lot of free agents available next season two years will be the big one where a whole truckload comes available but next season there's a lot of good guys dalvin cook you're going to have amari cooper uh chris carson well, uh, there's a whole list. I, I, I guess I'll have to – I keep saying I'll make it, but I have to get to it. I just have a little – very little time throughout the day with everything going on. But there's there's so much talent year after year and then more rookies coming in and more guys who won't be kept under contract. You know, It's not just the guys who will be free agents, but we can't – if we – remember, we a lot of teams locked up to, to 8 to 10 guys last year or contracts if not maxed out. So it's going to be hard for everyone to always have extra ones to lock up the, the top players from this season. So it's only, you know, it's all about I think you have to be more, um, get more hands on with the offseason, the draft picks. Who are these guys coming out of college if you don't follow college very much? Um, I don't follow college too closely. I just, you know, some of the top players are well. I'll watch some of the big games. But when they're drafted, look, watch the draft. Find out what position it is, uh, what's expected of him. And, and then also hope to get lucky with guys like George Kittle. You know, I covered how I got him last year only because I I got stuck. The guy I wanted was already taken by Elijah. So I I was one of the last ones to get a tight end. And I really didn't think Kittle was going to do anything. If you look at his college career, he wasn't a big receiving tight end in college. So, but he had the talent. He has the physical ability. So he got on the right team and the right situation popped up last season. And he had a great game tonight. So having a bad bunch of contracts, Matt. Your your team is still two and three. You're still in contention. We have a bunch of guys who are two and three, um, and three and two. You're right. You're still only one game back. I believe a first place in your division, Matt. So there's no reason to think. Oh, Baker Mayfield. It's not going to cripple you. It just means if you do successfully make the playoffs this year and you have a really good team, you're strapped with contracts. so You're not able to keep guys. Then you'll just redraft like we always do. There will be guys every year to draft, and you just got to make the right kind of moves. To continue to improve your team those kind of things so that's pretty much with that that section that's all i wanted to talk about with there is not for anyone ever get um feel like oh man i'm stuck i got this guy he's just not doing it it's not cutting it i got a bad contract you know what i'm done trust me there's always ways to get out of a bad contract uh you can make so many deals you if you feel like you you feel like, oh man, I really got this team I like. We talked about that with, with uh Eric's team, how he's like with Juju. Um if you felt like, you know what, I got and there's someone else you want, you can find ways to trade draft picks with the guy. If they are gonna eat the contract, you eat the contract and, and acquire draft. I mean, there's so many different strategies. Open it up, take you know, think outside the box. That's all I would say is think outside the box when it comes to a lot of this contract stuff. There's still more stuff we'll cover on it. Um, that's why I love the podcast because then I can—it's not—I can answer a lot of questions that some might have not been asked or even thought of, you know. And hopefully, some of the details I'm giving now will let people know, hey, you know what? It's not bad. It's not that bad. Um, you, you're not stuck on something. You can always draft your team, rebuild a team year after year. It just once you build a solid team, you won't be able to keep them together. But if you win a title once, you don't need to have to worry about. Uh, getting a team for another. I mean, that'd be great if you could. But so that is that, Matt. That was pretty funny. Um, the 49er game, great, great offense. And what did I say about the defense? Oh, my goodness. Could have been even more bigger uh, blowout if the stinking uh, Niners kicker can learn how to make a kick. To miss a couple of those was, sh- was shocking big time. But let's see. Let's check out some of the games tonight. As we saw, which one? One was right here. We knew Steve was not, I mean, anything's possible. What we saw this, the last weekend, where guys are breaking for 60 points, 50 points. Um, I heard somewhere in our league, I'd have to look it up. We had, let's see, let's go through the games. I'm going to go through it right now. Um, 149 point, there's one. I'm going to look at guys who had 40 points or more. There's one at 49. Two, 55 for Deshaun Watson. 41 for DJ Chark keep going 52 for CJ McCaffrey or Christian McCaffrey I call him CJ I was thinking CMC but Christian McCaffrey 53 for Aaron Jones what is that now I think I lost track is that five I think that's five five 46 for Michael Thomas six 40 points for Matt Ryan there's seven Let me see in this last game. 40 points for Dak Prescott. That's eight. And then 40 points for the Niners defense. Defense, not a person, but it still counts as the same on paper. Nine different teams, and then nine different players had 40 points or more, including multiple 50 point performances. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And we'll get let's go to Steve's game first. I'll cover, I'll cover the games that had uh, big time Niners and uh, Browns tonight. So we got uh, now, no more DJ Chark. I'm not singing the song because his team name has changed. Now it is NATO, And I know there's a song to that. I've never watched one episode of NATO, Never have, never will, never care to. But I've heard about it and I know it's got a cult following, but I guess there's some theme song to it. If I knew it, I might sing it for you, Jacob, but I'm not and I don't know it, so I'm not anyways. But Charknado, he scored 221. I mean, oh my gosh, Jacob's team. Three Since week one where he broke 136, three of the next four games, because he's now going to be 5-0, three of the next four games he broke 200 points. That is an offensive juggernaut. Him and Austin Koo, I'm so glad they're not in the same division because that would have been – Pretty unfair to have to have to go against those guys. Austin really got uh, the bad, bad end of the stick last season where he had to, you know, we had three of the top four scoring teams in one division with Christian, myself, and Austin. And now Austin's in the division right now with Eric and Brian. And who's last? Steve, who tonight his team, he was only had 49. Steve almost scored 100 points tonight. Nick Chubb, I wish he would have a little more. He, he was doing pretty well in the first half. I was thinking, man, this might help Steve... He could break 100 yards. That might get Steve. So you want to put up a respectable score when you know you're going against a team that's already got 200 points. Jimmy G, not bad, but it was kind of game script. Once they had the big lead, you're not going to see Jimmy. He didn't have to throw a bunch. Chubb, okay game. Brita, what an incredible run on that first play. And I was so happy for him because he's he's had so many games where his – I think he leads the league Tonight only made it even better. But the last season and this season, I think he has the most yards per carry. At over five, I mean, it might have jumped up to six now. I'm not 100% positive. But 32 points, that great opening run for him. Congratulations to Brita. Two total touchdowns. Uh, Great job, Steve. You found yourself a heck of a back. As long as he can hold your fingers, stay healthy. And that's always been the thing with Brita. And I'm not saying he can always manage to get through the season. But I would like him to, like tonight, finish a game all the way through. And you'll see, uh, you get a sample of how good this guy really is in that offense that uh, Shanahan runs. Julio Jones really let you down. We'll do that in the video. Remember, we got the uh, – no, we don't have who let you down. Uh, we got carrying the load, which would definitely be, uh, I would think, one of those guys. George Kittle, his first touchdown of the season, 20 points, Kittle's best game of the season. So Brita and Kittle really performed well for you tonight, Steve. That's something positive going into your next game. You're one and four, um, but you know you could turn it around. I'm not going to cover it. all the past teams that have struggled and gone on to make the playoffs, but you got to start um, next week. You don't want to get to one and five. Um, you got to pick up a win. You could. You could. Like I said, we've had a two and five team make the playoffs. So you could still realistically get to one and five and then just get yourself a kind of a run. Niners keep playing like this. You will. And the Niners bye week is done. So that, at least that's good. You know a good chunk of your team will be there week to week. No no 49ers for Jacob, but, man, when you got Deshaun Watson finally deciding to show up and just, just ball out, he was great week one against the Saints, excellent game against the Chargers, but that game against the Chargers was a little misleading with that big 80-yard touchdown to the tight end. But his other games, you're just like, eh, Carolina last week, he was upset with himself the way he performed, and he should be. One sixty. Carolina is not. I mean, they're a solid defense, but they are not like the greatest defense in the world. It was in Houston as well, and only thirteen points. And then he went off for fifty-five, five touchdown passes. Great game, and that's a bad start. When you get to see that at the ten a.m. game, Steve had to been going, "Oh man, I don't have a chunk of my team playing until Monday night." Alvin Camara surprisingly didn't do well. You know, if you look at the, if you look at the running backs. And you say, okay, Brita and Chubb are going to combine for 42, and Kamara and Cook are 46. Taking everything else into consideration, I would have thought, okay, maybe Watson, you know, he might have a good game against Atlanta. 300 yards, he might get a 25, 30 point game. He's done that easily. But 55, I mean, and then Steve's receivers, you feel bad. Shepard got hurt. Julio Jones in that same game. What? I mean, that's a shocker. Julio Jones getting seven points is just as big as a shocker as DJ Chark getting 41. Now, it's not a shock because Chark is doing so well. Week one, he had 29. But that was more of a uh, game script. They were behind. Uh, you got this new guy in uh, coming in. Uh, what's his name? How did his name just escape me? I just knew it too when I said new guy. Uh, Minshew. you got Minshew coming in, not knowing anything about him. So he throws the ball, loves Chark. Four catches, 146 and a touchdown he has 29 points then after that he comes back to earth still really good games 18 and 17 i'll take that from my receiver week to week 18 17 last week was below average with eight and was like okay maybe he's coming back down and then he goes off for 41 points as of right now he's a top 15 receiver averaging 22 points a game so dj chark outscored both of steve's receivers that's usually when it's done. When you got a guy scoring Deshaun Watson fifty-five points and then a forty-one point man, that's so tough to come back from. And his defense, New England, of course, we talked about that yesterday. Waiver wire pickup of the season so far uh, has been New England, and so two twenty-one. It just keeps he just keeps pouring it on. So great game by Jacob. Very respectable comeback by Steve. Hopefully you enjoyed that because it helped your fantasy. But most importantly, you got your Niners to 4-0, setting up a great game next week. Hopefully a great game against the Rams. Fun fact, uh, I haven't finished my season because I have no time once the actual fantasy regular season starts. But I played Madden when I got it the beginning of August. And I, I got... I played it with my, my kids too, so I didn't get through a full season. I only got to week 10, and I was 9-1, and and my only loss was the 49ers in overtime. Can you believe that? It was such a fun game. This new Madden, I don't know who's our Madden players here, but the last few, I've enjoyed them, but they were always, you know, if you play it on pro, they're they're too easy. If you play it on all pro, they're still kind of easy, but they get these – plays where the the guys will like hover and jump 10 yards to intercept the ball and it gets you frustrated and all Madden's pretty tough but there's never a good in-between where I feel like I can still move the ball have fun and still get competition you know you either move the ball at ease and dominate them or you get very very hard to move the ball and you can't get that realistic feel at times this Madden has been the best I can remember playing in years and I played the Niners in LA in that week six game they had the lead. They were up by like seventeen on me. I made a comeback, and then uh, I end up having the lead. And they get the ball with like thirty seconds, and I actually drove down and scored with a few seconds left. We go to overtime. I win the toy coin toss, and Samuel's out here watching me play because you know he's a Niner fan, so he's loving it. When I win the coin toss, I was thinking, okay, I can do this. I can, I could score, and I throw a pick, and who else but Richard Sermon intercepts it and runs it back in overtime. And man, I was, I was, I felt the 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 heat flash on the face. I didn't say anything, but you know, it's just a game. But I was just like, man, of all teams to lose to like this in overtime, a pick six to Richard Sherman. So that was fun. Let's hope to see. Uh, I'm sure uh, all United fans would love something like that, a game winner against golf for Richard Sherman. If that comes true, you might have to come start coming to me for uh, advice on who to pick on our weekly games, even though I'm doing terrible in our pick league. Besides the point. So the rest of Jacob's team, yeah, incredible game. Uh, tough break, Steve. You need to rebound. I think your team can do it. You got the talent. But you got to get a game. Sometimes you want to get just a win, just to get it over with. Get in this losing streak, get a win. So you'll take a win, 100 to 90, whatever it is. But you want, I think, your next win to get you a little more confident. You want to try to look for that 150, 145 to 150 win. Uh, then that you will give you confidence that your roster is actually performing well. And also you got a W. So the other game that was impacted tonight, we'll cover the rest um, tomorrow. I'll cover the rest tomorrow's podcast. But the other game that was impacted tonight with the possibility – oh, no, there was a couple. The next game. We'll, so I guess we'll get three and we'll do the other three tomorrow night, maybe two. And I might do a team team review, talk about a team that's going on in our league like I try to do weekly. But right here we got – oh, you forgot about me, Brian, 168. Brian was coming in this. I'd have to check – uh, coming into this week, who was the heavy favorite? I can't remember if Brian was favored by 10 or 20. There was one game, I think it was Jacobs against Steve, where he was favored by like 70. And let's see, did he cover? Did did he cover? Yeah, yeah, he covered. He covered. If that was the case, I remember that was one of the games where it was there was a uh, one like that. But anyways, Nick wins 208 to 168. And this game, there was potential. If Odell Beckham came out and actually had a big game Right now, his biggest game of the season, as we talked about last night, was thirty three points. And it was on primetime, Monday night football. So he could have easily done it again. He did not tonight. The whole offense looked out of sync. Baker Mayfield did not hit targets. He was off. He did feel the pressure. Like we said, D Ford and Bosa, go look at listen to the old podcasts. You know, I did and even in the team reviews, I said any team that has Bosa drafted and you know young upcoming we know he's got talent and d ford they're going to get pressure on the quarterback and tonight was a perfect example of what they can do and how dangerous they are and the niners d is no shock no shock to me no shock to anyone in our league that is uh, a niner fan but the rest of the fantasy world finally woke up but tonight was uh they were able to shut down beckham because they put pressure on baker mayfield because beckham we saw like we we just covered nine guys had 40 points or more and several of them were wide receivers so if they could do it why couldn't beckham beckham because easily tonight had a 40 you know 46 48 point game and he could have won realistically we i don't think any of us thought it would happen um i don't i if i had been nick's situation i wouldn't have been nervous but I think I would have been checking up to halftime and said, okay, I look good. You know, once halftime cleared, he doesn't got 25 points or have a monster first half. You can kind of ease back on the accelerator and relax. But big win for Nick, 208 to 168. Beckham did not perform well. I don't know if Nick had anyone tonight. He had Damian Williams last night, only had six points. But big win for Nick. Let's cover the quarterbacks. Remember we said Carson Wentz. Angerman Sanders, I liked his running backs more and quarterback. Allen had a tough matchup at Tennessee. He played really well, got 19 points. Sony Michelle finally, finally looked like the Michelle last year, who was getting the not just getting the carries because he had 17 carries last week, only 63 yards. He had 15 carries week one, only 14 yards. At Miami, that was a bad defense, and they had a lead. 21 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. But this one, finally, he actually got some receptions, too. Three of them for 32 yards. That's something uh, fantasy owners such as Nick would really kill for. Get me a few receptions, two or three per game. Get him the ball in open field and watch what he can do. So, big game right there is his running backs combined for 27. Bryant's combined for 23. Uh, I expected more from Ingram. Didn't really do it. The receivers... We looked at the receivers, and we thought Thielen could have a big game because it was a bad defense with the Giants. 38 points, and then 19 for Ridley. Solid. Ridley came back. You know, Ridley's kind of a up-or-down guy, but he actually came back and performed really well. Michael – and it's disappointing for Jacob, I know, because – or Brian, I'm sorry, Brian. It's disappointing for Brian because he's got Michael Thomas. You hate wasting big-time performances. You know, he got 29 points for Phillip Lindsay. In the game against the Chargers, Lindsey, great game, twenty-nine. One of I think that might be his best performance of the season. Michael Thomas, forty-six points, another big game. So you basically have seventy-five points between those two guys. That's when those are what I'm talking about. Usually, I say the two running backs and quarterback, they get you seventy-five. You got a good chance of winning, or somewhere if more, even better. But the the damage was done by Nick's defense, and I did not see that coming. You know, he's got Bell, fifteen. Bush continues to do well, 21 points. Surprisingly, Bobby Wagner, eight points. I don't even think he got that low last year. So that's one of the lowest performances I've seen Wagner have. I wanted to give the edge to Wagner, or I might have thought it would be a push that both of them would do well. But Lindsey outdid Le'Veon Bell. When you see things like that, if you would have told me Michael Thomas, 46, and Lindsey, 29, I would have said, okay, he's, he's probably going to win this. He's going to get this. And the fact that Knicks teams only had uh, – a couple of good performances throughout the season you know he hasn't he hasn't dominated games it's it wasn't like austin where he was losing you know scoring 190 or something if you look at his scores he scored 115 week one he scored 151 week two very big game right there he won that too. 118 week three and then only 84 last week so you take take out his win He's – what is he averaging? Man, he's averaging probably like 107 per game. So this was a huge, huge boost for Nick, and it's something that he really needed. Get him going, get him out of – and give him confidence. That's the main thing is you you feel so much better with your team when you know they can put up that much, that any given week you can win because a lot of times you could say that any given week, but then most teams, you know they don't come out and perform like this. And the Philly defense, excellent against the Jets. They were incredible. They did have one other twenty-point game this year. So, you know, we thought maybe against the Jets they can do something, but they outperformed, they tripled what they were expected to get. And that's another huge difference right there. So the defense is what changed this game. You know, we because Thielen and Thomas are awash. Ridley really outperformed Beckham, which was a shock. The running backs were kind of even. The flex or the tight end was kind of even. The defense. 58, 678, 79 points for Nick and 40, about 41 for Brian. And that's, that's almost it right there. So congratulations to Nick. Big win. Uh, Nick should probably feels like he should have been three and two, but the stack correction cost him a win, but it's true. Stack correction. They fix it. They fix a mistake. And so it's why you never want to try to win a game. If you can by that close, but Nick, Two and three, like I said, there's a bunch of teams that are two and three. We have, I think, four four teams, maybe even six. Almost half the league is two and three right now. So that's good. There's a lot of teams that right now are all in contention as we get ready to get to the midseason push. We're getting close. to. We're going to have week six, seven, and eight. But tough loss for Brian as, as Brian, once again, let's go over Brian's team right now, the games that he's played and how, how he, he got to this. Week one, 178 to 149 over Matt. Very good game. Matt's team, like I said, Matt has two wins. And in his two, even in several of his losses, he broke over almost 150. But very good win for Brian week one. The next week, a little less, but 164 over 138 over Steve. The next week after that, 180 to 115 over Eric. And that was the game of the week. They were both 2 0. But that was his best performance. So he's averaging in the 170s per game. That's a great offense. Then look what he does last week. He loses 130 to 207. Austin's team started performing like it was supposed to. My goodness, my cats are going crazy. I don't know if they're playing with toys. Um, 207 to Austin, and Brian did score 130, his lowest, lowest output of the season, We've seen guys win with 120. We saw Dino Dan win with 119. So 130 is not bad. 130 like Steve tonight. That is a good game. 132. A great game is anything near 145 and higher. It seems like nowadays you've got to get 160 to get a win. And here Brian got 168 and he lost. You know, the crazy thing is Brian's lost back-to-back games to teams that have scored 200 points. I can't remember the last time that happened. Sometimes I know almost all the stats offhand in our league's history, but I can't be sure if I know that stat. Uh that might start happening a lot more the way everyone's scoring points nowadays. But tough loss. So he's he's one of the highest scoring teams in the league. It it just worked out that way. You know, Nick just had uh, an all-star performance, and Brian just says, Hey, sorry, I only put 168. You know, there's no no hanging your head in that, Brian. I still have all the confidence in the world in your team. You know, you, you still had Michael Gallup, 29 points. We talked about Gallup being a, uh, one of the great picks late in the draft. So better luck next week for Brian. Good luck next week for Nick. Much-needed win for Nick as he gets to 2-3, and three, like we said, and tries to keep, it, keep in contention for that wild-card spot that we have. We have a couple, actually. So there was one other game that we will cover tonight, and that was – Team Trash, formerly Juju, and he got the two T's. It used to be Team Tussle, now it's Team Trash going against mm, Cam Newton. And Jose's team, he's been victimized too by some of these losses where he had put up 149 and lost and then uh, another 140 something and lost. And now he picks up a win. You know, you feel for Eric, like I said, Brian, 168, Eric, 155. There's some teams that get wins with lower scores that's another that's for another story there's something interesting i thought there's no scoring system this way but i i was wondering how could if they could ever do something like that i'll cover that uh, maybe after i talk about this game um let me see how much time have we got in the podcast it's already midnight 34 minutes okay man i talked longer than i thought i didn't think i thought this was gonna be a 15 minute one i wasn't gonna cover the games in this in depth i was just gonna talk about the players tonight but we will get with this game Jose, congratulations. Like you said tonight in the text, it feels great being 2-3 and three, as last year you were 0-7. You have, from day one, have been committed. From the draft, you've been committed. Um, Dak Prescott, 40 points. I would not have thought, in this game, I would have thought, if you said 1 gets 40, 1 gets 11, my money would be on Aaron Rodgers. You showed me the score. My money would have doubled on Aaron Rodgers. Now, the fact that Rodgers did that is because They're just running the ball, and it's – the frustrating thing is I know for me – I can't speak for Eric. Uh, I know him well enough to where I think he thinks on the same level as me, but it's so frustrating when you – he plays in week one, gets 14. He plays in week two, gets 16. Now, you can live with that because Eric won those games. Week three, he gets 15, and he's pulling his hair out, and he's got great hair, so don't do that, Eric. Leave the hair pulling for guys like me that don't have any. Then he finally says, you know what? I'm going to try this Daniel Jones guy, which I would have done as well. He had a great matchup at home against a crappy Redskins defense while Aaron Rodgers is on a short week, prime time. And Aaron Rodgers has his best performance of the season for 40 points. So then Eric goes, all right, you know, big game, one o'clock game in Dallas. You know, Dallas can score. It's going to be a shootout. And he comes out with his lowest of the season, 11. That is mind numbing. Now he gets Detroit. Detroit can score, so I would expect Rodgers to do more. But I thought that against Dallas. Then he gets Oakland. Are they going to run all over the Raiders? The Ra- This is not the same Raider team. I know people want to make jokes and blah, blah, blah. They don't, they don't have a high-powered offense. They have a good enough offense that moves the ball, tries to do clock control, and a good enough defense. That was a big win, and I did say I picked the Raiders. I did pick the Raiders in our Pick'em League, and I did say anything can happen in London. Great game for Josh Jacobs, um, but he's got to go against the Raiders. Then he's got some fun ones at KC, at LA Chargers, and you know that place is going to, that small stadium is going to be full of green jerseys. So those are games where you think he's going to have to shoot out because there's so many, the offense on the other side is incredibly good. I'm real excited for that week eight game, Chiefs and Packers. That should be so fun. I hope that's a Sunday night or Monday night game, uh, not Thursday. I know it, it'll it still be good offensively, but I'd rather have them get the full six days in prepping for that game. But, yeah, it's frustrating. You know, what are you going to do in a, in a situation like that? It's hard. It's hard. So um, tough, tough one right there. That was a big part right there. That's a 30 – almost nearly 30-point swing. And Jose won by almost 40. So that's it right there. Quarterback Prescott made a big difference. Freeman and Carson – Carson, I expected to do what he did, 23 points. Great game for Carson. I did not expect Freeman to do this because this is what you thought he would do all year, and he hasn't been. So he put up 18 points. He did get a touchdown. Excellent performance by Freeman. That's all you're looking for for Freeman. 15 points to 20. Anything higher, that's a a bonus. But he delivered with 18. Coleman, solid game tonight, 15. He did get the touchdown as well. Welcome back, Coleman. And Tariq Cohen. So he's got the 2C running backs. Uh, Coleman and Cohen it sounds like a uh, some detective show on CBS Coleman and Cohen CBS this Wednesday at 8 p.m. But yeah they combined for 32 points so that's not bad you know that was one of the things Eric's been hurting is with running backs they haven't been Coleman's had a few good games or not Coleman Cohen has had a few good games but his number two was Barber who kept getting touchdowns but they were always that was it they get a touchdown then they'd go away from him and you're like if you're Peyton Barber owner, like Eric, you're like, why are you giving this guy a touchdown and then the rest of the game not giving him the ball again? So running backs were still kind of close. Then you get to the receiver. Tyler Boyd, excellent game. Boyd had a big game against that bad Cardinals defense. Juju, welcome back. He had almost 20 points. I believe he had a fumble that cost him an overtime or he would have broke 20. Um, But both receivers there. Robbie Anderson, no show. That was a shocker. Um, if you wonder, if you think, if you look at Eric's roster and go, well, why would you play Robbie Anderson when there's no, which we call it? it's not back yet. Sam Darnold. Well, it doesn't matter. Any quarterback should build a throw on the Eagles. We saw Aaron Rodgers do it last week. The Eagles defense has been terrible. They're secondary. So you should be able to throw on them. And even the jets couldn't, and you knew they were losing. So they got to go to someone. Robbie Anderson should have had at least 70 yards and a touchdown that game. So very disappointing. Alshon Jeffrey, same game, 11 points. So that didn't kill Eric too much. But that was still, what was that, 21 to 44? That's another one where it's a 20-point swing. So disappointing. Eric's probably thinking, you know, if he could he had a do-over, maybe play Jordan Howard. But as a receiver, who are you going to play? He played the, the best one he could. Oh, uh, Maybe put Allen Robinson and then put Jordan Howard in there. Wouldn't have made a difference, but it would have gave, you know, at least a little higher score. Austin Hooper, not a great game, but still a good game. No tight end's going to go at you and get you 25 points a game. Even Gronk didn't do that in his heyday. He might have averaged near 20, and Hooper right now is averaging – let's see what Hooper's averaging – 17 points. Excellent. He's a top three tight end in the league right now. So Hooper, 13-5 to over Witten, doubled him up. That was one bonus for Eric. 28 for Allen Robinson. We said he'd be back. It's a year after his ACL recovery, and he's been back. 22 points. Uh, Week 1, 14 points last week, and then this week against the Raiders, 28 points. Very good game for Allen Robinson, averaging 16 points a game. Tyler Lockett, 18. I thought on Thursday night against the Rams he would put up a little more, maybe 25, but 18 is still really good. And the defense, 10 points for Littleton. Another disappointing performance for Littleton. He almost did have a punt block, which would have been huge. would have got him in the 20s for Eric Schobert, 23 points. We said Jose's loving getting him, 23 points. Houston's D, they adequate, 18 points is adequate. But the Niners D doubling them up. So great game for Eric, 155. Good bounce back as his team, his offense has been struggling uh, the last few weeks. Excellent, excellent game for Jose. 189 to pick up his second win. Jose can easily be three and two or four-and-two, uh four and one. Uh, with some of his team's performances, and he just had a tough loss, similar to Austin, like we said with Austin, you know he lost some of the toughest games, but that is it. Those are our games we will cover tonight. I will leave some of the other stuff that I'd like to talk about now on tomorrow's podcast, uh, mentioning two point or two hundred point games, multiple two hundred point games, uh, and just other things performances. We'll go over the other three games, and if anything pops up, we'll maybe talk about. Uh, I know they have the waiver wire. we have that coming up i don't know you know who knows what the waiver wire you the running back are just dead it's like it is so hard to get a running back in our league in all league, any league that runs twelve teams but you're just hoping. You're waiting. I, at least me. I was waiting for the next Jay Ajayi. You know, someone to pop up and uh, like when he did with Miami. He just came out of nowhere and had that game against Pittsburgh, and then had another great game the following week. I can't remember if it was against the Jets or the Steelers or so, or no, not the Steelers. We already talked about um, the Bills. That's who it was. He had multiple great games, and you're waiting for that, and it's just not happening. So it makes it harder to improve your team. But I think a lot of guys' teams. If your team was struggling offensively, I know Nick's was, especially after last week. He goes out for 200 this week. Um, Dino Dan, great performance. We'll cover his game tomorrow. Who else? Um, Nick, yeah, we mentioned Nick. Christian, we'll cover his game tomorrow. Much needed victory for Christian. I'm very happy for him. Uh, He needed that bad. And we'll cover those games, yeah. And some other details, anything else that pops up, anything else I can think of that we cover or need to cover we did mention the contract thing at the beginning remember contracts do not kill your team if you invest in a bad one you can get rid of that garbage anytime you want and it's just dead weight don't let don't let a contract hold you back from getting rid of a guy you have no intention of playing unless it is a four or five year deal then you might want to hold on see if the guy rebounds and maybe you get a great player or you can at least trade him who knows but if it you got a one or two year deal on a guy don't let it hold you down Um, because you can, like I said, get the best roster available regardless. That's what we do in fantasy. Contracts are only here to help us continue to keep a good team or our favorite players. I like it mostly for my favorite players as opposed to the best team. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you guys have an excellent day. I'll continue to do these until there are times at evening. I am just way too tired. I almost didn't do it tonight, but... Um, I just figured, you know what, someone might want to listen to something tomorrow. And I did have some stuff to talk about. So I got those in and I hope you guys enjoy your day and we will see you. I always say, see you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.